The following was recorded live as part of Homeschool.com's 2005 Homeschooling Teleconference. To order additional recordings, visit www.homeschool.com or send an email to orders at homeschool.com. Hello, everyone. For this next hour, we're going to be speaking with Ray Perry, and the topic is entrepreneur education, which uh, many feel is the education of the future. Uh, earlier this week, we interviewed Sharon Lecter, who is co-author of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. And, of course, it is Sharon and Robert Kiyosaki's belief that uh, everyone needs to be uh, given entrepreneurial skills, even if they're going to work, grow up and work at a job. And the reason for this being that uh, most adults in the information age will uh, have seven to eight jobs in their lifetime. And uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad folks think that it's so important for our children to have good business skills. So for this next hour, we're going to be speaking with uh, our own homeschool expert, Ray Perry. Uh, Ray Perry is a veteran homeschooling mom of seven, if you can believe it. Her oldest son, Drew, became a real estate investor when he was only 18. And now at 23, he teaches a real estate investors how to sell houses on eBay. Uh, Ray also hosts a three-day home business conference coming up called Entrepreneur Days. I've heard excellent things about this conference and it's changed the lives of hundreds of attendees. So, uh, Ray Perry, thank you very much for being with us today. We sure appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on the call, Rebecca. It's great to be here. So let's talk a little bit about what do you consider entrepreneur education to be? Okay, that's a great question to start with. Uh, basically, um, I have a degree in education, and my mother was a teacher, and I've been to college and everything, and... For a long time, I kept trying to fi figure out how education applied to the real world and, and making money specifically, because so many of the courses that I've taken through my lifetime and so many of the things that are basically uh, part of a, of a generic curriculum or generic um, uh, course of study um, are not related directly to making money. And so when I stood at uh, my graduation day in high school, I threw my cap in the air with everybody else, and I just thought, now what am I going to do? I'm not really trained to do anything. And then six years later, I did it again, same thing, after I graduated from college, because I just didn't feel like I was really uh, able to go out into the world and make money like I felt like I wanted to. And uh, even though I had a degree in education um, and I could teach, I just still felt like I was very, very unprepared um, to enter the world of, um, of real life with little knowledge of how taxes work, of how uh, checkbooks work, and um, just so many different things because it was just not practical. So, so Ray, you felt that you were well-educated, but you felt like you didn't have good enough skills to, in the real world having to do with finances in particular? Absolutely. I didn't have a clue how money, how money worked at all. And money and, is such a vital topic because, let's face it, that's how we um, put food on the table for absolutely. our children. Absolutely. And so many people just don't even want to think about it or they don't even want to address it because mainly they don't know enough about it to teach their children. So I was challenged by that. And then my husband uh, is a pub was a public school teacher, and he begged me to homeschool my kids. And so um, when, I, when we finally did start homeschooling, I just looked at what we were doing, and I just said, hey, this has got to be practical and real. I don't want my kids to experience the frustration that, that I had I want them to be prepared for life when they get ready to enter that, whenever that would be. And if they went to college, that would be fine, you know, if that's what they need to do. Um, and if not, I wanted them to be prepared when they left home. And so... You wanted I, your children to have 
good money skills that they right. never would have to worry about money. Absolutely. And so what we started doing was we just started studying the, the, the subject. And really, we sent my son um, to an, a mentor to spend a month with him. He, he's an entrepreneur that had retired when he was 28. He's an older man. or oh, he's not older. He's younger than I am now. He's probably in his uh, late 40s now. But he was retired at 28. And so my son spent a month with him when he was 14. When my, when my son Drew came home, he was different. And he, he had basically learned how to think, which is um, not the same way that we are taught in regular school. And he understood principles that applied to real life and that he could apply to, um, to making money in any arena. And so I just started listening to him and, um, and uh, trying to implement some of the things that he had been taught by his, his mentor, Christopher Hay, into what we were doing for school. And um, you know, uh, we follow the lifestyle of learning, um, eclectic kind of um, Charlotte Mason, I don't know what to call it, but, you know, just kind of this and that. You know, no, no specific uh, curriculum, just we use what works for each child. And if you have seven children, you're going to find real quick that you have seven different personalities there that have seven different needs and styles of learning and all that. So, so Ray, you believe that no matter what style homeschooling um, your children are using, you think that every parent should be giving their children good financial skills. And, of course, that's a little tricky. It used to be that you would you'd graduate from school, maybe graduate from college. You'd go and get a job in the industrial age. You would work at that job for a lifetime, and then you would retire from it. And either you would get Social Security benefits or you would have retirement benefits from your company. And nowadays, that the model has changed, and that just isn't working anymore. Absolutely. So we Absolutely. have to give our children good financial skills because you know, the world that they're growing up in is so different than what we grew up in. Of right. course, that can be awfully tricky if we don't have good financial skills ourselves, if we're leave, living paycheck to paycheck and barely getting by. And, and we don't want that for our children. We want them to not have to worry about money in their lives so they can concentrate on other areas. That's right. So what I started doing was taking like the unit study model that a lot of people um, are familiar with, and instead of doing studies on frogs, everything that you can learn about frogs, or everything you can learn about sailing boats or whatever, I just started incorporating things uh, into our studies that were more practical. Like the first thing we did was we started working for Lifetime Books and Gifts as a representative for the Southeast. And so working for them, we learned a lot of things about selling books and setting up a booth, and we built our shelves, and then we ended up selling the shelves that we built to Elijah Company and Abundant Living and different people that were other vendors. And we just started... Ray, would you speak just a little bit slower and a little bit louder, please? Okay, sure. I'm There's sorry. so many people on the car call. Okay. I want to make sure they can hear what you have to say. It's so good. Okay, I get so excited talking about this. I am so sorry, Rebecca. So just slow me down if you need to, um, because I just love what we've discovered, and I love sharing it with other people, and um, because it's so revolutionary to me. But anyway, we worked for a lifetime for five years, and then we just decided to go in a different direction. And so we started doing some things from home, because one of our goals was we wanted to bring our, uh, my, my husband home from corporate America. So my son, Drew, started dabbling in things. He worked. He studied the, the stock market for two years, and, and uh, studied that, and... That wasn't really for him. Then he started studying eBay, and he bought several things, solar panels, and uh, we sold coins, we sold books, uh, a lot of different things we, we bought and sold on eBay and learned how to do that. And then we got in, interested in um, the real estate realm, and so we started studying real estate. And actually, our first purchase, besides our house, we already had our house out here in the country, um, was 13 houses in one deal with no money down, and um, it was rental property, so it already had an income. 
And uh, that was a phenomenal story. We, we don't really have a lot of time to go into. Wait, 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 Ray, I want to repeat that. Okay. So you decided you wanted to learn what Sharon Lecter was talking about, passive income sources. Right. Right. So you were trying either that stock market, royalties on books, uh, rental income from properties. Right. So you uh, you attended a real estate seminar or, or with your son, and then you went out and he bought how many properties? Well, it was one deal. It was one thing that was listed in the real estate book, uh, paper, but it was 13 houses on one property. 13 houses on one property, right. and he bought it with no money down. With no money down. And, and mainly, we had not gone to a real estate conference at this time. We had gone to an Internet marketing conference that we didn't really learn very, very much about the Internet at but we sat next to a real estate investor, and um, as we got to know him, and so after that conference was over, uh, we spent some time with him, and he basically talked, told us where to go to get some good education, and um, so that was, and we just took the deal to him. We just said, look, look at this thing that we found. Is this good or bad? And he said, if you don't buy it, I will. So we decided to buy it, and we jumped in. Well, the first thing that happened, of course, was in the middle of the night, the people call. It was an hour away, and the the, the water was. Uh, flowing, flowing out from underneath the door. And so we had to go down there and turn off the water because we didn't know where anything was. This was two weeks after we bought it. So consequently, my son ended up taking over management of the property and and because my husband was not able to because he was still at work at that time. And so we, he was just thrown into this uh, management thing. And then after he got into it, he found out he liked it. And so within uh, three days, he had fixed the entire problem, called all the contractors he needed to, and also had it rented in, in uh, five days. He'd gone by and run an ad in the newspaper. And so he came home and he said, I love this. Now, that is what you want to hear from your children. Whenever your children say something to you and they've stumbled into an area that they like and they say, Mom, I love this, then you know that you have arrived because at that point you can start saying, okay, now I'm going to finance your education in a serious way. I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you with whatever it is that you need and not to don't take over the control of it because it's got to be their project. So we just kind of stepped back and let him go, and then he started finding other conferences that he wanted to go to and uh, boot camps and different things where he wanted to learn about uh, the different types of investing in real estate that are, are out there. So I just went with Ray, Ray so in brief, briefly, what is, your, what is the philosophy of, of education for entrepreneurial education? Okay, it's basically finding what a child wants to do that is business-related, and then going with them, sponsoring them, financing them, making it happen, just like you would with 4-H or with music lessons, whatever it is. Just making a project out of whatever it is that they're interested in doing and helping them learn how to make money out of it. So Let me summarize that, Ray, because that's just so important. It's so right. valuable, and you're so good. Right. So, um, so the uh, entrepreneur education is you're thinking, okay, no matter what field my child's going to go into, I know that they need to have good business skills. Right. So you're finding business conferences and mentors and right. audio tapes and programs, and you're including that in your curriculum materials the same way as you would with math or reading or science. Absolutely. You're adding a business uh, aspect to your curriculum. Absolutely. Because really there's three things that we're not taught about money. We're not really taught how to make it. We're not t taught how to manage and grow it, and we're not taught how to protect it. Because if you make a lot of money, if, if you don't understand anything about taxes, then you'll just be painted out to Uncle Sam. But if you know how to make it, and then you also manage it well, and you grow it, then you'll be ahead no matter what you do. I mean, you But if you get good with money, then money doesn't have to dictate your choices. For example, you could become... An actor, you know, not a starving actor or a teacher, or maybe you wouldn't choose those fields 
because they didn't make enough money, you would say, okay, my income is going to come from real estate investing or from the stock market, and then I'm going to be able to do what I love without money having to impact that decision. Absolutely. Right. And I suppose it would be nice, too, if our children were able to pay for their own college. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I've told Drew from the beginning and all my other children, that if they want to go to school, I think that, that it will mean a lot more to them if they know what it costs. Because when I went to college, I asked my dad basically when I got out, how much did that cost? And he wouldn't tell me. And so I would have felt better if I had known what it, what it was worth in a monetary value. I would have appreciated it a lot more. But also, I just didn't appreciate it like I feel like I should have because it didn't cost me anything. My, just, my dad just paid for everything. So I believe that kids should at least pay for part of it if they, if they go to college so that it means something to them. And if they go to college, it should be at a, it should be for something that they know instead of just going because it's college. They should know what they're going for. And there's other options besides college. You know, the military offers training. Um, there, are, there are trade schools. There's technical schools available. There's a lot of online schools uh, that have um, courses that are specific. And so it, the thing is, is to find whatever it is that the, that the child is interested in and then encourage him and support him in that and let him go and just be... What, what has happened with Drew is I have become his companion, in a sense, instead of his mother who lords over his education. You know, when he was little, I had to do that. And then as he grew bigger and bigger, I came beside him and would go with him and help him with his projects. But then as he got older, like six, 16, 17, 18... I started letting him go a lot more so that he was taking ownership of his own education, whatever he wanted to do. And so when you're homeschooling, so thank you, Ray. So when you're um, when you're giving your older child an entrepreneur education, I assume that that includes um, uh, writing the checks, uh, maybe uh, using your credit cards responsibly, uh, ATM machines, you know, preparing them to go out to the world, giving them good business skills, right. maybe internet training courses where they can develop their own internet businesses. Uh, maybe where uh, they they have a lawn mowing business instead of just mowing it themselves, they set it up where they have people working for them or right. the babysitting company. Absolutely. So they're th- always thinking about creating businesses. Absolutely. And another thing that I do is when we get ready to fly to a conference, I let them book the flight. And then when we get there, I let them figure out how we're going to get to the hotel. They have. And to. this is not inexpensive, but you include this as an expense of their education. Right. And now for the younger uh, homeschooler, um, now, you have some excellent ideas I've heard before about uh, helping them develop businesses when they're younger or especially developing passive income. And remember what we mean by passive income is money that comes in even when you're not there actively doing work, right. money that comes in when you're on vacation, money that comes in when you're at school. So do you have any good ideas for um, uh, business opportunities or business ideas for the younger children? Well, one of the things that we have done at our house is we have a gumball route. It actually started with Drew, but it's been passed down to each boy as as the boy has graduated on to another thing. And so right now my 12-year-old has the gumball route. And um, basically what they do is they go to Sam's and buy gumball machines there, or you can buy them um, at e- on eBay or at local auctions or different places, and then just go to local um, businesses and uh, place those in the business and then just service them every month or two and uh, give the, the uh, business owner whatever percentage he, you agree on uh, as uh, rent, basically, for the space. And, and that's really not passive. It's sort of semi-passive because you have to actually go get it. True passive income comes in whether you do anything or not. So these gumball machines are, are like semi-passive. But, uh, but it's, a good, it's a good experience because it gets the kids out into the local community and helps them deal with people face-to-face. And, and then they set up an Excel spreadsheet that's got their 
their accounting system in it so that they can learn basic accounting. And um, and then if they want to go on to QuickBooks or Quicken or whatever on later, they can. But you know, Excel spreadsheets works fine for right now. And um, and so and then we dabbled with eBay. My six-year-old was buying a bedspread on eBay the other day. She was shopping for them, and uh, I thought that was so cute. But um, they uh, sell different um, things. Like my uh, my next son, just after Drew, is um, 17 now. He's a coin expert. He sold a penny the other day for $69 and uh, $5 shipping. Now, he knew what that penny was, and he started the bidding on it at, at one penny. And so pa- eBay is not exactly passive income either, but it's, it's sort of passive. It's semi-passive because you put the auction on there, and then you just let it go, and then you ship the item. And so there is work involved, but, but it's, it's a, um, another way of just learning the business skills that are out there. The best uh, passive income is what Drew's done with the Internet. We've studied Internet marketing for about three or four years now, and we actually have a mentor who is a millionaire. He's only like 36 years old and just discovered several things about software and all. And, and uh, so we've been studying with him. And um, so one of the things that he's encouraged us to do, that Drew has done, is to create a, uh, an, an e-book. So Drew hired a, a ghostwriter to write a book because he's not a writer. He, he's a, a, a machinist, basically. He likes to fiddle with things and he likes gadgets. He hired a writer to write a book on cats, how to find your lost cat. And um, then he hired another writer to write the, the sales letter for it, and he built the website, put it up, and every other day he makes $34.95. Now, the, the one we sold this morning was to somebody in um, New Zealand. Um, that pretty much comes in on like clockwork, and that is true passive income. He set that website up one time, and now he's building a house, and so he's very, very busy all day long because he, he wants to learn more about that. Plus, kids are so comfortable with the Internet, with right. computers. That's a good business to have Absolutely. because nobody cares how old you are. Right. And so every other day he has um, he sells one ebook for $34.95. So that's, you know, one way to use the Internet. But like real estate, there are probably 20 different things that you can do with a house. In the Internet, there are about 20, probably 200 different things that you can do on the internet to make money. And there's, when you start studying the, the variety of ways there are, it's just amazing how many things you can do to make money on the internet. And that's just one thing, and he actually just did it, and um, so it's fun for him. Ray, how do you feel about um, giving children allowance? Do you think that that just sets them up to think like an employee? For example, Sharon Lecter, she thinks it's so important that children be spending and saving money. And uh, she recommends the the piggy bank, like the one they have at prosperityforkids.com, uh-huh. where it's the main uh, piggy bank for uh, spending, and then there's one, a smaller one for saving, one for charitable giving, and one for investing. What are your uh, thoughts on allowances? Well, I think that the system like that of, of breaking your money up so that you have it in, in, a, in a variety of different ways uh, um, to organize it is really great. Um, but getting it, I think is the question because if you give people money they come to expect it they come to just stand there with their hand out like I did all through my life and just said you know I need money give it to me and I was just expected you know to not have I, knew, I was never expected to make any return for it and I that kind of bothers me and so uh, I really feel like kids value things more when they earn it so instead of having an allowance you might want to say, well, here are the week's chores, and if you do the chores, then you get paid and make it have some kind of a, a monetary equivalent. And then but, if they want extra money, then they have to be creative and say, and what, okay, what? what can I do to earn the money for this? Absolutely. That's right. 
Because you know, Sharon Lecter talked about delayed gratification, too. Right. About, um, you know, we live in an Amazon.com world where you place your book order and two hours later, practically, it's on your doorstep. Right. You know, or people are buying on credit all the time, whereas it used to be you thought about what you wanted and you saved up your money for it and then you purchased it. What are right. your thoughts on that? Right. Oh, I think it's absolutely essential to teach children to wait because um, living in a credit card society like we do, and like she said, Amazon.com society, it's not good. Uh, you don't build any self-discipline and uh, no self-control. One thing that um, Dr. Thomas Stanley pointed out in his book, uh, The Millionaire Next Door, was that just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to retire and have enough money to live on. And he gives an example of two doctors in there. They both made about the same money, but one of the doctors managed his money well and invested it. The other doctor spent everything they made. Mm -hmm. So when they all when they all came to the retirement years, the one that had not invested well was basically like everybody else. And the one who had invested was, you know, had, had made a lot of money and had a lot to live on. And so that's what I was talking about. You've got to learn how to manage your money as well because, um, and that's where the, the, the thing that Sharon was talking about with the, with the six or seven different um, uh, envelopes or jars or whatever it is that you, that you want to organize your money into um, comes into because if you can learn how to invest part of your money, um, then you can spend the rest of it responsibly and you can even spend it irresponsibly. But if you invest well in something that appreciates like real estate or stocks and bonds and the, uh, the stock market, or coins or different silver or gold, things like that, if you understand how to invest, then when you um, are at the retirement years or even before, all that will come back to you and you'll be, you, you will have taken care of your retirement years. And to teach our children, too, that not all debt is bad. You know, there is debt for doodads, you know, for, for a boat or for clothing or because you didn't earn enough money that month, that that would be the bad debt. But the good debt is debt for investments. Right. You know, you know, using debt to help you buy that property or well, something like that. Right. And and I I wouldn't necessarily uh, encourage anyone to go into debt for something like the stock market, but for real estate that's different because it's collateralized. And and basically, um, there's two types of debt, and this is the problem that a lot of Christians um, get into and don't understand because um, there's a, a philosophy out there that uh, that the Bible says don't go into debt. Well, that means consumer debt. If I were to take you and everybody on this call out to eat today and put it on a credit card, that would be foolish debt because there's no way to pay that back. I would have to come up with the money. But if you and I bought a house, especially since you live in California and the property value out there is incredible, if you and I bought a house and we had to go to um, a lender to, earn, to, to borrow the money to get that house and then um, we took a note and we, we had the, the uh, house in exchange, that would be a good thing because... That house in California would probably appreciate in value probably $100,000 by next year. And if the market continues on like it's going, or we could go to South Florida and do it easy. The same thing is happening down there. Yeah, so that would be a smart debt then. Right, that would be smart debt because what happens is, is if by some chance we aren't able to make payment on the house, then the bank will take the house back and we're clear. Or if the house burns down, then the insurance covers it, which when you have a the house it has to have insurance on it or you can't even have the note or if we just if we rent it or sell it or whatever then the person that lives in the house is making the payment for us and um and so that's basically you know when we understood that concept right there that was when we decided to go ahead and jump into the realm of real estate investing that i had wanted to be in for a long time because my husband all along had said he didn't want to go into debt but yet um now we are just seeing incredible rewards plus it's it's really good for your tax situation 
um, because we haven't had to pay very much in taxes at all since we've had all this property. Drew bought a, a bunch more houses after we bought that first set, and so we probably have, I think, 25 houses right now. Uh, Drew had actually bought them by the time he was 21 because he, he set goals. He learned, I think, from um, some of the tapes and things that he'd been listening to and books he'd been reading, um, that, um, which is another interesting thing, let me remember to tell you that, that if you don't set goals, you're not going to get anywhere. You just won't make it. You just, you, you're not going to end up anywhere if you don't have some place to go. Um, one thing that I didn't learn until about two years ago that I really could just kick myself over is this child has never really liked to read. Now, his older sister read all the time, and some of his little brothers and sisters read a lot, but he was never a big reader. And so finally it dawned on me to get him books on tape. And I don't mean like just story tapes. I mean like inspirational, motivational, instructional things. And so when we go to a conference, I will buy the book and he'll buy the audio tapes. And he listens to them all the time. So if those of you who are listening have a, a reluctant reader, um, but you know this child is smart, you might want to just get him the book on tape instead and then just see. It's the same thing. My son has a, a vision problem. He has macular degeneration. Uh-huh. So he's listened to audiobooks his whole life. My goodness, he has a terrific vocabulary. Right. And now he's, um, his eyes are better and he's able to read the books and we've noticed it has not taken away from actual reading. It seems to enhance it. Right. Because he's reading with such good comprehension. Absolutely. Right. Ray, I want to, um, uh, talk with you a little bit too about, um, some of the fears that people have surrounding money. You mentioned that sometimes people, um, refer to the Bible that uh, they shouldn't get into debt or thinking of money as a filthy lucre or the root of all evil. And it isn't just Christians with these um, money fears. I think sometimes people are afraid that um, money will make us a bad person or a, a shallow person, and they're afraid to um, have money come into their life. But what are your thoughts about that? Well, I struggled with that same thought for a very, very long time. And like I said, my husband, who, who planned to be a... Um, a minister at one time struggled with that a lot. And so one day I was just looking at the Bible, just kind of in a general perspective, and I just realized the guys that the Bible is about, the, the, the men in the Old Testament were all very, very, very wealthy. And they were not only the wealthy person in the land, they were the most influential people in the land. And the the people that were around them adored them, in a sense, and, and, and held them in high esteem. And um, that's not to say that everybody that's got a lot of money is held in high esteem. Sometimes the esteem is not a good thing. But basically, you have a lot of opportunity to be able to do a lot if you have more resources. And um, you can still be humble. I, I know a lot of millionaires right now that have come into my life in the last four or five years as, we, as I've taken these boys into the, the business world and taken them to conferences. And, and you can't say across the board that they're all generous or that they're all greedy because that's not true. But it's a matter of the heart. What happens is, is, is when you ha- have money, it reveals what's in your heart, basically. I heard and it said that money makes you more of who you already are. That's exactly right, and I've seen that. And, um, and, but really, the thing that I've seen that has really bothered me is when people really have a desire to do something, uh, like when the Tsunami Relief Fund was, uh, was uh, in need. Those people who had a lot of money who could just take off the time and just go over there and spend a month and not worry about their business or their life behind it because they were able to afford to go do that. Or if they couldn't leave, they could just send $100,000 over there for the workers who were there. That's the kind of thing that you can do when you um, manage your money very well. And also, um, another thing that Thomas Stanley pointed out in his book, uh, Millionaire, Millionaire Next Door, was that 
true millionaires are not what we think they are. We think they're people like Tom Cruise and Mel Gibson and guys like that. Those they may be, but the 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 majority of millionaires in America live next door to you in a 1,500 square foot house, and you don't know they're a millionaire. And um, they're just plain people who own the local grocery store or the local paving contracting company or a, the local plumber. It's just people who have learned to manage the money that they have that's coming in in a very responsible way, and they have invested well, and they have taken care of it. And um, and so, you know, that's what I think. Um, and also there's a way to make uh, have multiple streams of income. I was reading a verse in the Bible yesterday that, was, that just blew me away. It's in Ecclesiastes 11, and it's, it's verse 2. It's right after the verse that says, Cast your bread upon the surface of the waters, for you will find it later, or find it after many days. The second verse, listen to this, the second verse after that says, Divide your portion to seven or even, or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. And that means multiple streams of income. I thought it came from Robert Allen. It came from Solomon, because... How many people do you know right now who are getting laid off from the job that they've had at the plant for 35 years? Mm-hmm. There's something happening in this country. The world is shifting. And if you've read Who Moved the Cheese, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, you'll understand that things are happening. And a lot of good jobs are going to China or to Mexico. And, uh, and so what we have to do right now is shift. We have to have a mindset shift where we can say, okay, the way that we've always known life to be is not like it is anymore. And so instead of saying, oh, woe is me, we're never going to get anywhere, we're going to just die, instead of just giving up, we have to figure out where did the opportunity go. So look around and say, okay, I know it's here somewhere, where is it? And Where do people find this financial education, Ray? Where do they go to find the courses and the seminars, especially... Especially not the hucksters, because you know we're all a little worried about the hucksters. But really good, legitimate information. Well, that's what I feel like I've been called to do. I mean, for a long time I just wondered why I'm doing this with my boys, and I have a Yahoo group where I share this. Um, what I've been doing is going out into the business world, and I'm like filtering out through the filtering out the teachers who I feel like are real and who have something to share, who are legitimate, who know how to make money, and who also know how to teach it. And I'm trying to make that available to the homeschool world uh, because I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I want people to tell me the honest truth. And if somebody is not going to be good for my children as a mentor, then I want to know that. Because one thing that I've learned from my boys having mentors is a student becomes just like their mentor. And that means they're going to pick up their personality, they're going to pick up their likes and their dislikes and their biases. And so it's very important that you bring wise mentors into your children's lives, and it's really hard to find them. And the mentors I want to bring in to my children's lives, uh, lives, I have a very high qualification for. And so what I've done is I've gone to, to conferences now for five years, and I've, I've handpicked a variety of different people to bring into my life, and then I'm, I'm trying to bring those into the homeschool world, in a sense, and make them be available um, to share what they know in different areas with the homeschool world. So that's in fact, I've heard very good things about your entrepreneur days. Um, conference isn't that coming up at the end of August? Right, absolutely. Um, what so do you done, have some of these some of these speakers and the people that you've trusted? Are you able to get them to come and talk to homeschoolers at this at this conference? Oh, absolutely, yes. This started in my living room. I invited my Yahoo group to come over to my living room about four or five years ago, and a hundred people came for one day. Basically, to come see author Jan Bloom, and um, I was so surprised. And so every year we started doing it, and now it's become a professional conference. 
And so when it started getting bigger, I started inviting the people that I was uh, meeting to come speak. And at first they would say, oh, well, you know, we don't speak to children. We're, you know, we're, we speak to the business community. And so I tried to convince them. And then after a while they started realizing that, you know, there are parents there too. And But the main thing was is they started seeing some of the kids that were coming to this event picking up on the information that they were sharing faster and better and applying it more than the parents were. Well, they don't um, have the fears. Right, because they are not intimidated by the Internet or anything. And so, um, for example, one of my, my ex-webmaster um, um, is making a lot of money as uh, on the Internet, basically. And I'm not going to say his name because I don't want you to have to uh, call him up and talk to him about that. But he was 17, and he was making an incredible amount of money. But the main thing was that he got into a position of working for a bunch of millionaires, and now he works closely with them, and so he is being mentored by people who used to work for Bill Gates directly and on Madison Avenue, and people who are steering the direction of the of the internet. How do you find time, Ray, to take your older children to these conferences and still homeschool the younger children? Well, what I do is I have a schedule. I live by a daytimer, totally, totally by a daytimer. I put everything in that has to be done, and then I work the rest of the things that are that are non-essential around that, and I guard my time exclusively, plus the fact that we moved away from society about nine years ago, so I don't live the normal life like everybody else lives. I don't have a lot of neighbors. I don't have any neighbors. I don't have a lot of activities. I don't have anything, any fluff time in my life at all. Every single minute of my day is absolutely dedicated to my kids, my business, my life, my husband, my family, my home. And um, what I do is, uh, well, actually, when I go to conferences, I take my two oldest boys with me, and so that's part of their education. And then my husband actually did come home two years ago, and uh, our fa- my father-in-law lived with us. He was bedridden, so he was here as well. And so my husband would just keep the house running and, and keep doing things with the kids and all, and, um, and so it worked for us. How do you give the children school credit um, for the, the business classes and the seminars and the recordings and the books that they're reading? Well, that's a great question. Um, whenever you have um, a course of study, you always have a certain amount of electives that you can um, take. And so what we do is we do eBay or Internet marketing or web design. And actually, I think web design is even it's even counted as uh, a particular um, subject, and I'm not sure exactly what that is, but um, I know that there are some schools that a lot of schools will recognize web design. For one thing, it's technology. It's a science. But um, also, it's it also qualifies for something else. I can't remember what it is right now. But um, all of these things are, they fall into the realm of, of the technical sciences, and you can get credit for those. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can give people uh, educational credit for coming to our conference because in three days, they're going to learn more than they would learn in an entire semester or even possibly a year about um, online home business from the people that will be there because there's two things that happen at a conference like this. Number one you will get the information that you're going to learn about eBay, the Internet, real estate, stock market, publishing, public speaking, things like that from the speakers. But then number two, you're going to meet other people there who are like-minded, and you'll go to lunch with them, you'll go to dinner, you'll sit next to them, you'll run into them in the hall, and you'll put joint ventures together, and you'll meet somebody that will become a partner or a helper to you so that you can start implementing the ideas that you have and that they can also help you have the vision that you don't have and that you need in order to be able to put those things um, 
interaction. It's kind of like homeschooling, isn't it? When you first start homeschooling, you think, oh, my gosh, where am I going to find the resources? Where am I going to find the books? Where am I going to find the speakers? And then you you kind of cross through the looking glass into this whole world. You go, oh, my gosh, there's tons to choose from. And I know for myself, I found it very helpful to go to book uh, bookstores, and I look in the business section of the bookstores, and I look over the books there. And then I found a lot of good... um, Audio seminars at nightingaleconant.com. Right. How do see? How do we spell that? N i g. How do you spell nightingale uh, conant? N i g h t i n g a l e. I believe dash conant c o n a n t. dot com. And that's a, a good place to start with too. Right. Because okay, then you'll find out some of your favorite authors. And even going through the nightingaleconant dot com. And then uh, sometimes libraries have abbreviated versions of these uh, books, too. Right. That you can get at the library, and that's inexpensive as well. Right. Well, I mean, so how do you fit it all in? You just add it as uh, a part of your education? You just decide that, okay, financial and business skills are going to be a part of our curriculum? Absolutely. Because if you think back to when you were in high school, your favorite part of school was lab. And you would go to class usually for four days a week, and then on one day of the, of the week you would have like a two- or three-hour lab or maybe even a one-hour lab. In college, they, they have longer labs because you learn so much more when you're doing them when you're just sitting there looking at the book or listening to a lecture. And so what we do is we have a limited amount of table time every day where we work on our skills like spelling and um, handwriting and things like that, um, math and all. And then the rest of our time is working and doing real things. Like we, have a, we live on a farm. We have lots of animals. And we, uh, one of the first things that Drew wanted to do for passive income was breed animals. And so that's animal science. We've learned a lot of different things from those. And then we have the gumball routes, and then we have um, websites. And, uh, um, and then I have a daughter that's a writer. She's all, she, everybody has a computer pretty much, and uh, they're learning different things on their, on their computers. My second son is a webmaster. He has a couple different clients, and... Uh, he has passive income coming in from those because he built the website one time and then he manages it for them, which doesn't usually take very much, and they pay him residual income for that. And so, um, you know, we just we just do whatever it is that they want to do for right now. With little kids, if you let them play with Legos a whole lot, for some reason it helps them learn how to think logically and constructively, and we have piles and piles of Legos in the house. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with money. It's just, there's just, it's like a mathematical thing. It just makes... It makes your brain function in a different way. Sequential and thinking. Sequential thinking, and it's so so buy your boys Legos if and they, girls and, and girls too if they want Legos. Don't ever tell them no; they've got enough. Always buy them more because that's that's one of the things that Drew has told me to tell mothers over and over that you cannot have enough Legos in the house. <laughs> you know the and the rich dad poor dad books are a good resource, and my children play the cash flow games. Right now, the cash flow one hundred and one is an expensive game, but you can share it with other families and then pass it around. And they have the new cash flow for kids uh, software program, and my children really like that. And that and I like playing it with them because it, uh, as Kiyosaki says, when you're playing a game, your brain doesn't know that it's a game. Right, it thinks that it's reality, and so it gets you comfortable with these. Uh, money concepts, thinking about real estate, th- evaluating investments, um, thinking about oh, getting comfortable with large amounts of money, right. kind of practicing it before you do it in your real life. Absolutely, that's right. And and also, you, you mentioned that it's expensive. I I bought the, the game for us for Christmas because I did feel like it was expensive. In fact, I bought both of them uh, for Christmas one year. And it's basically not an expense. There's two ways of looking at money going out. Either you spend it and then you just 
have this thing and you, and you just have it. Or you invest. Now, I consider that game an investment because you can get so much back from it. In fact, you can earn money because of what you learn from that game. And so um, that's an, and I would almost say that was an essential tool to have for any homeschool family that's considering um, uh, teaching their children about money. And if you think that you can't afford it, it, it's a thinking problem. Yes. Because what happens, and, th- and this In is... In other words, don't think of it as a game, as a board game. Think of it as curriculum. Right. And don't think of it as, oh, we, we can't pay for that. We don't have the money. Well, here's what I've learned in the last couple of years as I've been listening to all this um, and weighing it against Scripture, because I really feel like we're supposed to be responsible for everything that we hear to take it back to the Bible and say, okay, I heard that, now what does God have to say about this? And so I've, I've tried to weigh all this according to what I know about the Bible which I read the Bible every day. And here's what I've come up with, and that is that it, the way that we perceive things directs our future, in a sense. It directs everything that we do. So if you tell yourself, I can't afford that, it's expensive, then you're, you're shutting the door and you're mm-hmm. saying, okay, God, you can't give this to us because there's no way that we can afford this. So instead, what I've learned to do is say, okay, here's something that I think would, would be an asset for my children. How can I make it available? How can I do this? And when you ask yourself a question or you throw yourself a problem like oh, that, yourself, that, it opens, almost opens up the heavens and, says, and gives God a challenge. And then all of a sudden you come up with a thousand ideas of things that you can do. And all you have to do is just take advantage of one and make it work. And, um, it's so true. If you say, happens. I can't, you've closed the door. But That's if you right. ask, how can I? How can I learn this? How can I do this? How can I afford this? then suddenly, you've, like you said, you've opened up the gates and all these great ideas come to you. Absolutely. And I think that the, basically what God wants in our lives, and I know everybody probably here doesn't believe in God, and that's fine, uh, higher power, whatever you want to call the, the person that, is, the, that put this whole place together. I personally believe in God and Jesus. Um, and that is that God wants to live his life on this earth with us. It's, it's, a, it's a cooperative, interactive type of relationship. It's not a thing where he just created us and set us on earth and we go by ourselves it's that he wants to live with us through us he wants to be involved in our decisions and everything that's the way i feel like education is supposed to be i think a lot of times parents will say well here's the list that the state has given me you go do it you know i'm going to make sure you do it i'm going to hold the whip over your head and you're going to make this thing done get done and what happens is, is we lose the heart of the child and so what i've done is i've changed my philosophy as i've gotten older and more experienced and I said, okay, I go to each child and I'll say, what do you want? What, what is your goal? What do you want me to help you learn? And so I tailor every child's education to be what that one needs. And so all of my kids don't have the same education, which is amazing to me, because I, I was raised with one brother and my, my sister was older. And everything my mom did for, the both of, that did for both of us was always identical. And everything was always fair. Well, if you look at your 5 or 7 or 10 or 15 kids, they're not all going in the same direction. They're not all going to be in the same place when they grow up and become adults. And so what you have to, to change in your thinking, and this is so hard, is I need to just educate this one child for where he's going and where she's going, and then the next one comes along and it's going to be different. And, and you think in your, in your mind, but I didn't do for the second one or for the second generation in a lot of people's cases what I did for the first generation or the first older children. And that doesn't matter because everybody... Everybody's education needs to be what it needs to be for that person. Which is like with my children, too. I'm always um, kind of 
training them to think business-wise. Like I have a daughter who wants to become a performer. Right. And I'll say, okay, honey, excellent idea, but let's look at the Spice Girls. You know, if you're just trying out for the Spice Girls, you're one among millions of girls. Right. But if you're the one who comes up with the idea for the Spice Girls, uh-huh. and you have the business skills to pull it together, to bring the people together, and you star yourself in it, now you have a leg up. Right. So I, I'm always kind of training my children to think like business people. And, of course, it comes natural because my husband and I are both um, self-employed. Uh-huh. So we're always thinking that way, too. And they see us uh, reading the books and thinking that way and asking, how can I? Right, right. And sometimes girls will, might not end up having their own business, but they might become an asset to their husband, like being an accountant or just being a, a writer or a proofreader or something for him. So, you know, it just depends on where a child is going, what, what, what they need. And God knows that. Well, Ray, before we open up the call, would you be so kind? Tell us again about uh, Entrepreneur Days and how people can um, sign up for the conference and learn more about the resources that you have. Okay. And spell sure. everything and speak really loudly and clearly, please. Okay, sure. I would love to. Um, the conference that we have once a year, and this year it's in Phoenix on August 26th to 28th, and we have 10 speakers who are going to talk about um, how to learn Internet marketing, real estate investing, selling on eBay. The guy that sold the missile silo a couple years ago on eBay, he's going to be there speaking. Uh, we have public speaking, stock market investing. And um, the, uh, the mentor that we used um, nine years ago that we send, sent Drew to is a stock market uh, specialist. And he's going to be um, at our event and talk to, talk to the people there about what he taught Drew about um, uh, the concepts that he employs in, in his thinking. Uh, we have workshops on Thursday before the event uh, that are going to offer web design, uh, chess strategies. Drew's going to teach people how to buy houses in the morning and sell them on eBay in the afternoon. He just sold one uh, yesterday. It took him an hour. In that web design uh, would be a nice one to bring your older children to, wouldn't it? Yes, they're going to teach would. them how to create their own website, how to Absolutely. create products to sell, how to market right. it. And they will, they will leave with a website and a product online when they leave that class. Uh, and, and, Chris, and it's a nice, safe environment, too, because it's very, it's very kid-friendly. Right. And, and the, uh, the teacher there is wonderful. We, everybody adores him. And we'll have one, work, one day workshop on the stock market, too. Um, all that is happening in August. Now, we're going to have a call tonight, if anybody's interested in hearing more about it. We're going to have a call tonight with one of our speakers, Jim Edwards, who is, gonna, who is an expert on, on e-books, creating e-books and putting them together on many sites. So if you're interested in being on that call, you can get the information by going to our website and um, entering your, your name for the bonus education calls, which is on the right side of the website, um, and you'll be Im- immediately sent the information for the call tonight, and that call is at 9 Eastern time. Uh, the website is Entrepreneur Days, and I should never have used that word. I'm sorry, but I did. It's E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R Days. Dot com, and uh, you can just go there, read the story, um, go down and look at the speakers to see who they are. Most of the speakers are, are my personal uh, family's mentors. Armin Morin, who is one of the first ones there, is um, the millionaire that when he first launched his first product online, he made $4.2 million in 12 weeks. He is a very great guy, very funny, and he is the most popular Internet marketing speaker in the world today. When I first started working with him four years ago, he was all, basically nobody and now he has risen to fame, and he's incredibly famous. And he's, So we're very, very lucky to have him speaking at this event. And, Don't you uh, have Sharon Lecter as well? I was just going to say, Sharon Lecter has agreed to be our keynote, and we're excited about having her. And um, you know, Sharon, of course, is Robert Kiyosaki's uh, co-author and co-author. business partner for the Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. Brilliant. 
Right, absolutely. And she has a passion for um, education for children. Absolutely. And then we have John Burley, who is uh, a real estate expert. He's a millionaire as well. One of the qualifications that I have for my speakers is that they are either a millionaire and have been for years or they're real close to it. Because I want teachers for my children who are good um, good men or women and who have proven their success and their ability to do what they do and also have the ability to teach others as well. And so, so they aren't just talking about it. They've already achieved that level themselves. Right. And they will also talk to you in the hall. That's the cool part. These guys are very humble. Well, that's excellent. Well, Ray, thank you very much. Again, uh, callers, too, you can learn more about Ray herself at R-H-E-A-P-E-R-R-Y dot com or Entrepreneur Days, E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-D-A-Y-S dot com. So, Ray, we are out of time. I, gosh, I know I've taken pages of notes myself. Let's open up the call, and callers, go ahead and unmute your uh, calls, your phone, star six to unmute, and that way you can say goodbye and thank you to Ray Perry. Right. Thank you so much, Ray. What an excellent hour. Great. Thanks Great. for having me. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Great. You've given us a lot to uh, think about. I have to say, though, I have Ooh. questions for her. Sure. Can I do it on, I don't know, the Yahoo group? Oh, yes. Ray, would you give the um, the okay. information on how to join your Yahoo group? Uh, sure. Just go to Yahoo Groups, I think it is, .com, and just search for Entrepreneurs at Home. At Home. Okay, I uh-huh. sure will. Thank That's you. Us. Let me repeat that. To join Ray's um, a message group, you go to Yahoo Groups, and then you look for Entrepreneurs at Home. Well, thank you, everyone. So we're going to take a seven-minute break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to speak with the king of unschooling, Pat Ferenga, all about unschooling and relaxed homeschooling. So this is your chance to get a bite to eat, take a little water break. Ray, thank you again very much for your time. We certainly value it and really appreciate all of your excellent information. Right. Well, thanks so much for having me, Rebecca. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Ray.